Welcome everyone to episode three of Breakthroughs with Bree on this podcast. We will be having breakthroughs about our self-growth, our self-healing, and spiritual awakening journeys, all in pursuit of the most authentic, joyful, and free lives that we would want to live. Uh, my name is Bree. I'm an Akashic Records channeler, energy healer, astrologer, and psychic. Uh, and today we'll be having some breakthroughs on manifesting. Uh, I consider this sort of like a manifesting 101, manifesting for beginners, because I'm planning on sharing everything that I've learned about manifesting so far, and I did not learn about any of this until adulthood. Um, last note before we start, I have the timestamps for each segment of the episode in the description. If you click on it in YouTube, uh, you'll see that each number is hyperlinked, so you can literally just click into whatever segment that you want. So navigate around the episode as you please, and let's get started. For today's podcast. I am so excited about my co-host, Brett Sorrell. She's a certified hypnotherapist, integrative, registered dietitian, and holistic practitioner. Uh, And funny enough, I've actually done hypnotherapy with her before. So we've worked together, been connected for a little while now. Um, In her business, she helps people break free from stress and self-sabotage so that we can all rewire our subconscious to support healthy bodies and minds. And this is such a great thing that's connected to manifesting. So I'm so excited to have you here today, Brett. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course, of course. Okay, so I give all of my co-hosts a list. These are the things that me and my listeners want to know about you. So Brett, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Yeah. So like you said, I'm a certified hypnotherapist, registered dietitian, holistic practitioner. So I use a holistic approach to health and wellness, helping people reach their goals. Um, And then so I'm located in South Florida. Um, but I work with people everywhere because the internet is great. Yeah. So love these questions, by the way. Thank so you. I'm Cancer Sun, Libra Moon, Pisces Rising. So a lot of water, some air, not super grounded around here, but we're working on that. I'm and I'm learning to embrace the Libra Moon too. I feel like mm-hmm. like I didn't get it for a while, but I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it can be honestly that one can be a little tricky in some ways. Um, but there's also just so much wisdom. And, uh, and in that placement. So I love that you're starting to feel a little bit more like vibing with it. You know, yeah, I'm just like, we own it. Okay. So then next is my aura colors, which are confirmed. So indigo purple. So I think I'm like mostly indigo, some light purple. I don't know if it's changed. I'm curious. Yeah. They're, I don't know if there was the pink in there when I was little. That's but- what we were saying. Yes. And honestly, I could kind of see it. There's, um, and I'll just shout this out now. All of my pink or ladies, you know who you are. I love you. You guys are like my secret I, favorites, I the, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I feel like maybe in general, it's really easy to feel the pink energy, you know, on people. Um, And I, you have a little bit of that on you. And I know a lot of pinks end up turning purple or whatever, and you're purple, but um, yeah, right. I could, I feel like I could totally see you being pink as a kid. So oh, I love sense. it. So love human design as well. I feel like I like dive down all these rabbit holes at different points. So yeah. I'm a five one generator, but basically I like to solve problems. And, you know, I, I feel like most people, a lot of people are generators, but we have to do like what we enjoy. So that's yeah. important. I feel like in general for everyone, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then what's the other ones? Myers-Briggs. So I don't know a ton about it. I think the last time I did like a quiz, I don't know if it was official but I would, I think it's INFP, but I don't even really know what that means, honestly. And then Enneagram really don't know much about that, but it could be, have been a four or something. Okay. I don't even know what that means either. I'm with you. And and the most important one on this list, do you happen to know what your Hogwarts house would be? Okay. So <laughs> I used to be obsessed with Harry Potter when I was younger, kind of have gotten out of it. So I really had to like revisit if I had to pick one. I would guess Ravenclaw if I had to pick one, because I really like learning and researching and understanding things. So yeah, you have cool. to do the Pottermore quiz. They have like an official quiz now on um, their that, website. But it was too involved to start, but I understand. I understand. Oh, well, thank you for sharing all those things. Um, I'd love to take a minute for you to tell us a little bit more about what you do in your business, the services that you offer. Give us, give us a quick rundown of that. We'll run down. Okay. So well. So back it up a little. I started in the field of nutrition, like alone. Uh, I've always had the holistic integrative approach, but I just found like through my years of practice, there was like a piece missing. And I'm like, 
I know there's like more that I'm just not really able to get to just with my scope at the moment. And then between that and then like, I feel like my own whole healing journey, I kind of came across like the whole field of subconscious work. So that led me to get certified in hypnotherapy and just learn all these different modalities that can really tap into the, the mindset piece, like at the deeper level though, where like change really happens. So I feel like that led me there. And that's, I would say my greater focus at this point, like I definitely can and do help people with their nutrition, but I feel like it's really from that holistic perspective. And if we're going to do anything, I would it depends on the person, but like, I feel like the mindset is so important. Like we can just do that and people get great results. So it really depends on where you are. So I meet people where they're at, but I feel like I can address the whole picture of what's going on, which is really fun for me and hopefully transformative for them too. I, I just think it's so fun. I love that. And again, like I said, everybody, this is fitting for our topic today. We're so excited she's here. Um, and then the last question I want to ask is like, what is your why and purpose behind why you do this? Like, why is this something that your heart really brought you to? Yeah, I just feel like I know where I was so long ago. And like, if I had known about this sooner, like, I mean, who knows, everything happens the way it's supposed to, but I just feel like so many people are stuck in like, don't understand they have so much more power than they do. So I think it's a lot about empowerment. And then also my personal why is my family and just creating a life and a lifestyle that I can prioritize my family and, you know, their health and happiness and also help others do the same. Mm, I love that. Yes. And um, to shamelessly plug our own podcast over here, we just on episode two did radical self-responsibility. And I think that working with your subconscious mind is like, you can't get around it if you're trying to do any of this work. And it is definitely a like self accountable, self-responsible approach to acknowledge that if there's something that you might feel like is preventing you, that maybe there's something in you that you just haven't seen, you haven't been able to access and work with. Um, so being able to use a tool like hypnotherapy or some of the other really cool tools that help you access more subconscious ideas about the world is one of the most powerful ways I've seen um, to create change and transformation and release um, that really helps us move forward. So uh, yeah. anyway, I'm glad that you're here. Oh, thank you. Let me do it. <laughs> For our next segment, we have our weekly check-in. Uh, Brett, tell me, where did you find joy and where did you find growth this week? Oh, good questions. Okay. So joy, I mean, I feel like it sounds cheesy, but my kids, like, I just love them so much. Um, my older one graduated from pre-K within the last week. So we're celebrating. Oh. Yeah. It's just crazy how fast it goes. And then my little one's about to start school soon too. So I'm like, just enjoying my time with him. It just goes so fast. I, I don't know, but. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. And they're so cute too. Okay. So tell me and where did you find growth this week? So growth. So I'm actually training in this new modality because I'm always learning. It's called rapid resolution therapy, RRT. So I feel like that like, I've been loving it so much. It's like so paradigm shifting. Um, it's just stretching me in a lot of ways. And I'm like really excited to start using it. And so I would say that's where my growth has been as of lately. I'll, I'll be sharing more about it too, as I learn more, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Yay. And at the end of this episode, we're going to plug all of her social media. So if you want to follow along and learn more, you guys will be able to too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, this week, where did I find joy? Um, I have to say that it means so much more to me than I could ever even describe. Um, all of the comments that everybody has been sending about the podcast, um, I recorded episode two before we launched episode one. So this is the first podcast that I'm recording since I launched and, um, this felt so vulnerable and there was like a lot of imposter syndrome and things that came up, even though I'm so excited about it and it feels like the right thing to do. And so for people to like message me saying that they listened or that they had a favorite segment or that something resonated, or for all of you who like left comments on the YouTube video itself, like I literally, but like the Pisces moon cancer rising that I am could literally just like sob tears of feeling so moved about it. Like that's how much it means. Um, and I, like at the end of the day, the only reason I put all this time into it is because I feel like this could help someone, you know, like it feels like an authentic expression of myself, which is what I have to honor. And once it goes out there, it's kind of not my business, but the hope is that, you know, it, even if it resonates with only a few people and it helps 
create something positive in your life, it's totally worth it for me. Like that's, that's like the hope that I would have for anything that I create out in these social media channels. And so for people to listen and again, to like send me messages of parts that they love, like I just can't, I like, I would get emotional if I talked to you a little bit more. So I just want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for sharing it with people and sharing my content with people, like, and people like my clients who refer, like, I, it just, like I said, I'm a big old baby. I could like sit and cry tears. I'm just so happy about it. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to say thank you. And that's, that's my joy this week for where I found growth. Um, my biggest growth area, to be honest, was around this topic of manifestation. So I'm going to talk about that in the channeled message part. Um, and what's funny too, is that in a Akashic records channeling session, the, the record keepers and the guides were like, we want you to do a podcast on this. They literally told me that during a session, I was like, okay, I will like, they're they're now like giving me the list of things they want me to do. (laughs) I was like, all right, well, I guess that experience is going to line up with the channeled message. Anyway, um, my area of growth instead that I will use um, was in a moment where I was trying to figure out my schedule over the next couple months, my work schedule. So I also do this horse guide job for a local ranch. So what had happened um, was the schedule was sent out and they have like a small group of people who are helping cover all of the shifts that they have over this over the summer. And I was looking at the schedule and it was like a significant increase in hours a week, especially when there's a camp. And I was starting to get stressed out, but I could also feel the expectation of the person who supervises all of us and everybody's trying to share and cover all of these shifts, you know? And so the like a sensitive person in me is like, I want to be able to do these shifts to help out because when I enjoy them and I know that it's on other people, if I don't do it, but I'm realistically looking at my schedule and it doesn't make sense for me to spend that many hours doing it. I get value out of it, doing it a certain amount of time, but past then it starts to inhibit the things that are really important and that I'm prioritizing right now, which is this business, growing it, building some momentum, as well as my own health and self. So I sat down and I even got my husband's opinion. I was like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what do you think about it? He's like, you're doing great. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I ended up telling the supervisor for that job, this is what I'm going to be available for, which is much less than what they were asking. Um, And it was totally fine. She was like, yeah, okay. Well, like if you can work these other shifts, that's great. But like, yeah, that's fine. And it was so much easier than my brain was telling me it was going to be. My brain was like, she's going to say you're fired. Yeah. Anyway, it was a moment of growth to, um, to navigate feeling what felt like expectations of being more available or investing more time and energy in something that I knew would just did it, did it make sense for what's going on? So that was my area of growth this week. Now for our current affairs, the current astrology. Um, So this episode is planning to be aired on Memorial Day, Monday, the 29th. By the way, happy Memorial Day, everybody. Um, And what's coming up is a full moon on Saturday, uh, June 3rd. Uh, is the full moon in Sagittarius. So I want to give us just like a little basic overview of what a full moon is. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about how you can figure out where this full moon will be impacting you in your life and in your chart. Uh, So if you want to hear a little bit about that, stay with me here. Um, So what a full moon is, is when the sun and the moon are opposing each other in the sky. Um, Wherever the sun is in like the zodiac sign each season. So this month, we're going to be in Gemini season. The moon for the full moon is always going to be its polar opposite sign because polar opposite signs are zodiac signs that are directly across from each other in the sky, right? So Sagittarius and Gemini are their polar opposite pair. Um, so this full moon is going to be sun, Gemini, moon, and Sagittarius. The full moon cycle, I have a whole video breakdown about this on my Instagram. The full moon cycle reflects the cycle of life. It's super like esoteric and all that kind of stuff, which makes it kind of wonderful. (laughs) Um, And we get this cycle every single month for finding how this impacts you. Um, In if you've seen a birth chart, and again, I have videos on exactly this on my Instagram and TikTok. So please go look for those. Um, But on your chart, it's a circle, your birth chart, and it's broken into little pie wedges. The pie wedges are labeled one through 12 um, on this chart. And those are called houses. The houses represent different areas of your life. And all of the planets and things fall in these different houses, depending on, of course, on the exact time of your birth. If you want to find out how any one lunation 
or planetary thing that's happening in the sky right now is impacting you, um, you can figure out where it falls in your chart and which house it's in. And that's going to tell you what area of your life is most likely impacted. Um, so if you pull up your chart, um, I for beginners, I recommend astro-charts.com. Um, but if you want more information or more details, my favorite is the Time Passages app. It like literally has descriptions of every planet and every aspect. Like it's so, so good. Um, but what you would do is you would pull up your personal um, birth chart. Yes, you need your exact time for the houses. That's important. Um, and then you would look for where uh, Gemini and Sagittarius are in your chart. You would use a guide like the ones that I have on my Instagram page. There's a lot of them out there, like a guide of the meaning of the houses. Um, and you would see which houses Gemini and Sagittarius are in. You would look at that guide, you'd read what those houses are about, and you would just observe if there's something going on on this full moon that's related to those houses. Full moons are times of release, and generally new moons are times for manifesting, but of course, follow your own intuition about what the time means for you. Um, and let me know if you have any other questions about lunations or new moons or full moons that I can talk to you guys about on future episodes. That was, that was helpful. I was looking at my chart while you were talking. Where's it for you? my north nodes in the third and the ninth house and then uranus opposes them lately for everything i'm like this is a lot yeah the new eclipse cycle is now going to be in aries and libra so you're going to fill it with your libra moon um you're, you're oh, probably going to fill these eclipse seasons for the next couple things <laughs> actually i'm thinking back this was years ago like in 2019 there was an eclipse right literally the degree on my sun and i was like what does this mean i was so scared and i found out i was pregnant then so like, wow, makes sense. Like in hindsight, but I remember being so nervous. But like, so sometimes when it's like right on something, I feel like it's like a positive shift. And what just came to me too is like, it's kind of, it's almost like the universe doing the work to get you in alignment, which is so like in line with manifesting. So it's kind of like just trusting the universe, like has your best, you know, good in mind. Now for our pop culture topics. Um, one that has been in the media for months, the Vanderpump Rules scandal. <laughs> and I just have to say, I watched my very first episode and it was the finale of the season where they talk about scandal. That's the only episode. It was a great time to start. And because I've been so intrigued that I was like, I really want to see it. I'm definitely going to be watching the reunion. It has not aired yet for me when we're recording okay. this, though, when this is posted, it will have aired. So I'm really curious to see that. But we have seen the finale. Um, Brett told me that she has watched Vanderpump in the past, but kind of stopped watching for a while, but she has watched the finale episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about the finale and this scandal. <laughs> it's funny. I used to watch religiously. And then within the last year, I feel like a lot of people left the show and I kind of just lost interest, but this definitely brought me back. It's very interesting. Um, okay. So here, if you, if you don't know what's going on, I'll give you a very, very brief overview. One of the couples in there, a guy named Tom Sandoval, which is where the Sandoval came from, um, and a girl named Ariana have been together for like a decade. They're basically married. They've intentionally not gotten married, but talked about themselves as if they're married. They have like a house together, all that kind of stuff. Very serious relationship. Um, Ariana is friends with a girl named Raquel, who, uh, from my from my understanding, like wasn't really that liked in the show. She's a little bit newer, and Ariana and a couple other girls like really you know, were nice to her and kind of like took her under their wing. And now they've been very close friends. Um, little did anybody know for about eight months, Raquel and Tom Sandoval were having an affair, like literally in the home with Ariana. Um, like were like repeatedly and like sneaking. And then Raquel was still being friends with Ariana and just like all this kind of stuff. And what's wild is I guess they were filming this most recent season while all of that was happening and like Ariana was crying and like confiding in Raquel about you know wanting to do maybe IVF or like getting embryos or something with Tom Sandoval and like all of these like really serious relationship things and Raquel and so like watching back Raquel be a friend to a friend to her knowing what we know now that she was sleeping with her partner um, is just, it's wild. It's literally like throwing everybody for a loop. Um, of course, I think that it is absolutely tragic and I could just feel how devastating this was for Ariana for the, like, like if, I could only imagine, like, it feels like your whole world crumbles, like everything that you thought you knew you don't. Um, and that would just be so difficult for anybody. Uh, so I felt very empathetic towards her. Brett, do you have 
certain things that stood out to you? Do you have any like comments about the situation? I think like what you said, I don't know how you, how you do that as a person and then how you get past that, like after that having happened to you. So yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure there will be a lot for Ariana to process. Um, Mystic Michaela did do a reading on it and Ariana is pink, um, yellow and purple, I think. And one of the things um, about pinks, and I'm also going to talk about this when I talk about Selling Sunset. I'll probably talk about Selling Sunset next week because I'm in the middle of watching it and Chriselle is pink. And so there's this phenomenon is coming up again. But she said for pinks, um, one of the things that can do really well is like stay in this joy bubble that they have, which involves a certain kind of like... Like they know, but they're in denial. Like they're yeah. just, yeah, it. they want to stay in their own world. They have the ability to put the blinders on and just be really, um, like really stubborn in a good way. Right. About like keeping their mind. But that also means that they can be really stubborn about, you know, seeing what they want to see and not seeing what they want to see. And this, these powers can be used for good for staying in a joy bubble. And they can also be used. Your ego can hijack that to use it to like, keep True. you from seeing and really acknowledging things happening in your life that don't feel great. And so her read on the situation was that, you know, Ariana might've sensed, but like just chose to not engage in that, which does not excuse Sandoval's actions, but might explain why this felt so blindsiding for her. Get out of, yeah. So I'm sure that'll be something that she processes is like when she receives gut feelings about something, like her relationship with how she acknowledges or processes those, hopefully that's a way that she takes about it so she can find some solace because that would be very destabilizing. Here was the part that I thought was very interesting about this um, VPR finale. Tom Sandoval was saying, I tried to break up with her. I just couldn't, right? This was my read on the situation. I felt like he he understood that what he was doing was going to hurt his partner and wasn't good. Uh, I also feel like he cares about Ariana in his own way. What I think went wrong here is that he literally could not tolerate her being upset and angry at him. Like he could not tolerate it. And I think this is a thing that so many happens to so many people because our ability to tolerate difficult emotions is on us. Now, I will say there are a lot of people that never learn how to do this in childhood. And so they just don't literally like their nervous systems never done it before. They don't know the skills. They don't even know the concept of it. I have a lot of compassion for that. As an adult, though, it is our responsibility to be able to operate in a world where we are being honest and authentic and compassionate and empathetic and all those kinds of things. And if your inability to tolerate making somebody else upset keeps you from acting in a way that is respectful and loving and honest with other people, that's on you to figure out. So for him to say, like, I just couldn't do it. I believed him. I could feel that the thought of having to stand in front of her and keep pushing her to say, no, we're breaking up was literally intolerable to him. Like his mind told him that was so dangerous that it created this whole situation where he felt more comfortable doing something that he knew was not right. And I'm sure there was discomfort to a certain extent for him, but that was the, the lesser of two evils to him. It was how he rationalized it to himself. A hundred percent. And I believe that his body could tolerate the deception and the duality and the, like this double life of cheating on her, but his body literally, at least what he believed is that he could not tolerate like actually breaking up with her and her being upset with him or her being very angry and sad and him knowing that that was because of something he initiated. Would you, would you call what he did like a purple bomb? Basically it kind of did it for him. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's a really immature way because really not being able to tolerate feelings is a sign of emotional immaturity. And I don't even mean that as a dig. I mean that literally you did not mature the emotional capabilities and tools to be able to do things. Right. So there's an, there's an immaturity to saying, well, I, I know I should, but I just can't. So I'm not going to like, no, you, if you're in a relationship in a committed relationship, right? Like what you owe yourself and the other person is to show up in a way that again, is respectful and loving to each other. And to be honest with each other, at least that's how I would define committed and mature relationships. And what he did again, shows it just shows me that there's significant immaturity and lack of development emotionally that would allow him to actually participate in that kind of relationship in the way that he should. And I was also thinking he also has a pattern of it because I think he did it back with Kristen 
many, many years ago, whenever that was. And so it just seems like, I feel like a lot of people that do those things once they end up doing it again. And it just kind of. Yeah. Because it's not about the person. This is a reflection of how they are able to navigate those kinds of situations and what avenues their ego mind tells them to use to protect them from the things that feel dangerous and are within their emotional maturity, their cognitive maturity, whatever. Those are not permanent states, but if those, if those are the paths of least resistance, they're going to keep using those avenues. And I just have to say patterns. And it's just what his, like you said, what he views as being the safer option for himself. A hundred percent. And it's funny too, because even in my own personal life, I've absolutely witnessed that when people get to that point in a relationship where maybe they're identifying that it's not for them or something's feeling not aligned or they're not feeling fulfilled or they're not lucky or they're, they don't have the intimacy that they want, right? Like these are all signals that maybe the relationship just is not aligned anymore. And instead of coming to the partner and speaking to that and talking about that and having that difficult conversation and making that decision, all of the sudden, that's the time where all of these people are coming on to them and flirting with them and they start to have feelings for somebody else. And then it becomes about, oh, I like somebody else. And that's why I'm breaking up because I feel it better for them than I do this partner. Um, So I think that this kind of thing can show up in ways that aren't like this, you know, dramatic affair. What it feels like intuitively is again, it's this avoidance of being able to identify and be assertive about what's working for you and what's not, especially when it could result in you initiating something that causes pain or discomfort for other people. Like if you can't tolerate that, your mind will come in and save the day and create this other avenue for you that still accomplishes what you want, but isn't really the like mature and direct and respectful way to go about it. It'll give you an out to help protect you from the thing that you don't know how to do, you know? And then I'll just keep repeating itself because it's the lessons just going to keep coming back around and until, until we resolve it, if we ever resolve it, it will absolutely keep repeating a hundred percent. I feel like even within relationships it's just mirroring to us, like our own issues. So a thousand percent. I want to do a whole episode on that sometime because I, I love the whole relationship dynamic. I think it can be really healing, but it's also like a, a, it exposes a lot. So like with relationships, like everyone has like that honeymoon period, but then once that's done, then it like then you're both more your true selves. And then you really see like what's going on. And I feel like a lot of people just can't handle being that real and like dealing with the actual issues. I I definitely agree. I feel empathy for that from my own perspective. That is a demonstration that again, as a child, you were, you were not taught the skills Mm -hmm. to be able to self-reflect to be able to regulate your body in moments of discomfort so that you can do the difficult things that need to happen in relationships, or you've not been taught the tools to actually take accountability and responsibility for your part in things. You, like you don't know how to, it feels dangerous, right? But weren't modeled that. So like, how do you know how to do something you literally never saw or learned? A hundred percent. One of the things that I say is like, our trauma is not our fault, but it's our responsibility now it's not your fault that you didn't know how to do that as kids. But now as an adult, if you do recognize you have these kinds of patterns, it is your responsibility, the impact that that has on you in your life and as well as other people by your choices, which is also why I really try to take the self-responsible approach, but with compassion, you know, like we don't have to use that as a way to like shame and judge, but there is like responsibilities just still has that element of accountability. Like, and there's a way to stomach that without saying that makes us a bad person, but still acknowledges when something's not right, you know, and I don't feel like Tom Sandoval and has the skills to be able to do that, which is why he's doing all this weird stuff. And he's saying weird things and changing his story and acting like a fool. He is acting like a fool. She's like, you're not a bad person. You did a bad thing. And I feel like that is something like everyone can kind of take. Cause like, we're not like, we're not our feelings. We're not our thoughts or our actions, but at the same time, we can be responsible for them. Even if that's not who we are. Like deep down, I think everyone's inherently good. And I think hopefully if this is a new concept for people or whatever, that like, yes, you can do things that are wrong. You can have a negative impact on other people and people you love, and it still doesn't make you a bad person. And there's a way to be accountable. There's a way to be responsible that does not make you bad. In fact, it can make you better to acknowledge these things and to work through these things. Let it show you some growth you have in yourself so that you can make choices that feel more aligned with that most authentic self.
for our channeled message today, we're going to be talking about manifestation and manifesting. Like I said at the beginning, I kind of like to think of this as manifesting for beginners because I'm just going to share everything that I've learned so far about manifesting. Um, I definitely feel like there's going to be more for me to learn as there is really about every topic, but especially about this one. Um, I did not get into any of the spiritual mystical things until adulthood, which means I was brand, brand new to all of these things. So I'm going to try to explain this from that perspective of like, if you know nothing, but if you do know something, you're probably still going to get, get some good, good, good things out of this. For manifesting, if you've never heard of it, or you've never properly looked into it, you might think of it as like, um, believing something into existence or like trying to draw something to you based on, you know, your mind or your belief or something, right? I feel like that it without a lot of, <laughs> maybe without a lot of looking into it, just from like media or like quick pieces of information that might've been what you picked up about what manifesting is. Um, I look at it a little bit different than that. In order to properly describe what manifesting is, um, I'm going to talk about a few like foundational metaphysical, mystical principles, because they are related to this. One of them is that all of this world, all of this 3D matter material world is all complex forms of energy. <laughs> We're going to get a little meta, right? Like literally down to like the smallest atoms in our cell. They are just electrons moving around a nucleus. And the only reason they're doing that is because there's this charge of energy right? So in our smallest pieces, we are just little balls of energy that's like layered and complex. And as a human, we're like a very complex field of energy, right? But everything around us, all energy, all different frequencies of energy. When we are talking about like really tapping into um, like raising vibrations and matching frequencies of things, like it's important to know that like we are energy, everything is energy. Another concept too, and I've learned a lot about this from Haley Hoffman Smith, specifically her podcast, Big Conversation. She explains it really wonderfully. Our reality, it's so subjective to our mind. It's, it's a projection of things that we believe. Um, our mind is like a meaning finding organ, right? So there's all of this information around us and we're only keying into certain pieces of it. And that's with intention, even if we don't understand it, that's where a subconscious thing can come into play. Our mind is creating it to a certain extent. And this is something they've proved in studies about like metaphysics, really metapsychology stuff. Like there are, there are very complex books about this topic, but what I'll just say simply, the things that we experience aren't quite as objective as we would like to think that they are. They're actually quite subjective, which is good news for us because that means we can alter what we're focusing on, what we're thinking about and the things that we're looking for in our reality and our reality will actually shift. It will. There are like a lot of really bizarre, crazy examples of this. <laughs> the last thing, which is tied to both of these, and I guess this is a little bit more of like a spiritual or esoteric sort of saying, um, but it's as within, so without. The way that I understand this principle is that everything that we're experiencing inside of ourselves, our environment is reflecting back to us. As it applies to healing and manifestation, it's this, can we be reflective about what is happening inside of us, right? In our own feelings, in our own world, and in our subconscious mind, it's a big place where we're reflecting, right? Like, what is that landscape look like? And when we meet in a challenge externally, like, what is that showing us about something that's happening internally? And really, what this empowers us to believe is that when we can shift something inside of us, that the external world is also going to shift as a result. So our ability to remove obstacles is really a matter of can we shift things within our own experience so that our reality can reflect it back to us. Okay, so those are some basic principles that are going to be important as we talk about at least how I understand manifesting. <laughs> So as we get into manifesting, I feel like this is also connected to what people might call quantum leaping. That feels like a very uh, intimidating label for it, to be honest. So I don't really, I don't really call it quantum leaping, um, but it, it is similar. So here's the concept of this. At any moment in time, there are many realities that are laid out in front of us, right? There are many possibilities. You can look at them as like roads ahead of you, right? And each step that you take takes you down one of these roads or into one of these realities. Also, at any given time, you can make choices that put you on a different road. All of a sudden, you're walking on one road, you change it up, you make a different choice, and boom, you're on a different road and you're walking down that one instead. 
or if it's in realities, right? If you shift the way that you feel, your reality is going to shift and that shift reflects you change, like flopping yourself into another reality. It's like a super trippy thing to think about, but this is, this is the concept and the basis behind quantum leaping, which is how I really think about manifesting. So what manifesting is, um, is let's just say you've identified some sort of vision of something that you want. This is how I frame it myself. What I'm trying to do when I'm manifesting is I'm trying to match the frequency of the reality that I want. Everything that I've learned about this is that it's not it's so much about the thing that you want as much as how you feel when you have the thing that you want. This is one of those keys to manifesting. <laughs> let's just say um, it's a relationship, right? Um, you're trying to manifest a certain kind of relationship. The key to bringing that in is matching the frequency of the reality or of the version of yourself that has that thing that you want, that type of relationship. Like really do this whole visualization exercise and connect with the emotions because the emotions are energy in motion. They are literally the energy in our body. Those determine in a certain extent, like the frequency that we're in at any given moment. It's like the, the recipe, the cocktail that creates the frequency that we vibrate at is our emotions, which is why attending to our emotions is so important. But again, another episode for that. <laughs> As you're visualizing this relationship, like what does it mean to you to be in that relationship? How is it going to feel to you? in your life when you're in that relationship? Does it represent safety? Does it represent a feeling of peace and contentment? Does it represent intimacy? Does it represent companionship, right? Like what, is it, what does it feel like when you're in this ideal relationship? Once you've identified that feeling, I absolutely recommend writing those things down, get really clear about what those feelings are. Um, that, those are the feelings in your body that you're trying to create and match that will allow you to be, to jump into the reality where that relationship is something that is a natural match to you. You wouldn't be able to avoid it even if you tried. <laughs> okay, so if that is what manifesting is, I wanna take now a minute to talk about how we would do that. We've identified what we wanted. We've done that exercise of really trying to connect to how does it feel to us? What does it mean to us? Like what is like the physical, emotional experience when we have that thing. Now, what do you do? What is the practice of manifestation? There's some tricky things that come into place. We're going to talk about this, but ultimately it's a practice of every day, even if it's just for a small amount of time, or maybe it's every week, whatever the cadence is for you, is mindfully connecting with the feeling of that. Because when you are feeling it, it is true. It exists. It's like literally in your body. It is embodied. When you feel and you connect with, I feel peace, I'm in companionship, whatever those things are, you are creating that in your body. Now, physiologically what's happening, like you're teaching your body to feel this way. You're teaching your mind and your body to tune in to this frequency, right? If it's a radio. And usually there's some stuff that comes up and uh, spoiler alert, it is some subconscious things. This is how it has been shown to me. When we say a prayer and we ask for something, which is kind of what we're doing when we're manifesting, we're saying, hey, we really want this thing, help us out. I absolutely recommend like verbally asking for the assistance of your guides and angels or your higher power, or whatever you want to call it to bring that thing to you, because then that invites like divine intervention in to support it too. It's, it's great. When we are inviting something in, but what will also happen is things will be revealed to you that are blocking you from having that thing. Our ability to do the healing work, the self-work, the shadow work, like whatever you want to call it, to attend to those things that come up is kind of the key to getting the thing that you wanted. <laughs> because getting what you want is not just simply it being handed to you, but again, it's this process of being shown why you have not been able to get it up until now, or what in yourself believes that you don't deserve it. Or where in your mind something is blocking you. Like the answer to you getting it is them showing you, here's here's why you haven't. <laughs> like, are you going to work with this? Are you going to attend to this so you can release it so this thing can finally move to you? Because it was already always yours. It was already always meant for you. I think this is a part of manifesting that I don't hear a lot of people talk about that is really, 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 really important. So that's why one of the biggest things I recommend in a manifesting practice is mindfulness, not only for creating intentional connection with that emotion of that reality that you want, but also attention to triggers that come up, attention to fears that come up, attention to anxieties, attention and observations of thoughts that you have about this thing that you're manifesting, because those, that is the ticket. That's the money right there, right? And there's also a certain amount of surrender 
and trust about what comes up in your life after you have asked for this thing. So if you find yourself in resistance to things that are coming up after you've said a prayer, you've asked for something and you're manifesting, what you're resisting is not just this difficult situation that's coming up. You're also resisting the blessings and the things that you want, because oftentimes they come together. <laughs> so the more that you can be in attention and in surrender to what happens once you start manifesting, the faster it's going to come to you. Uh, the angels and the ascended masters had a specific little blurb about this that I channeled that I'm going to share now. They say manifesting is a practice of claiming your birthright to move the world around you. It's a skill that everybody has that we are designed for, like literally our bodies, our minds, our spirits are designed for. They said that they want to help us access higher dimensional ways of experiencing ourselves in the world. Reality is always responding to you. So it's an awakening and an awareness of that to, to engage in manifesting practices. And it's an, an intentional engagement in that new knowing. They said that a lot of people are stuck in desire energy about the things that they want, which is the next thing I'm going to talk about. Um, and that's a very like three-dimensional way of looking at things. And they completely understand that that's a human thing. Um, I'm feeling my guides remind us that we are worthy of the things that we want. It's just us believing that we're not worthy. It's kind of one of those shadow element things um, that can trip us up. So the things that come into our lives to show us all these places where we don't feel worthy, it's not to punish us. It's not to block us. It's not to make it more difficult for us. It's so that we can finally remember how worthy we are, how much we already are the thing that we're envisioning. And if you can envision it, if it's a dream in your heart, right? Like it's already real and it's already a part of you and it's showing itself to you so that you can, again, kind of unburden yourself. You can unblock yourself. You can reconnect with what's already true and what's already real. So I think that's one of the things that's coolest about manifestation. The last thing I'm going to talk about is how desire energy, wanting and waiting is not manifesting. And in fact, <laughs> that um, is another way that we get blocked. There are some spiritual principles that say like to desire is like the root of suffering or something like that. Um, I get the wisdom of that, right? Like to be in a state of wanting things, like you're never going to have it. That's just like an energetic principle. This is how I look at desire. I don't think desire is a bad thing. I just don't think it's a, like a continuous state we should stay in. So let's just say a desire comes up. Let's use this relationship example again. You have this desire for a certain kind of relationship. I believe that this is your own spirit and soul's way of showing you what's important to you at that moment. Once you've identified that that is something that's important to you or that you're feeling called towards, then you do some of this, you know, manifesting spiritual healing work to vibrate at the frequency in which you can be connected to that. The key at that point is not to stay in the state of desire, but is learning how to be content and to already have at least a little bit of the feelings that you're trying to bring into you. This is the, where my growth lesson happened this week. I'm working on manifesting financial security and abundance and peace and freedom and stability in my life. It's a big thing I'm working on. Yes, it's tied to this business, quitting my corporate job, letting this business sustain me. It's all the thing. EFT tapping is one of the things that I use to help release some subconscious beliefs that come up. I was trying to say and connect with, I am abundant. And I was saying those words and my body was literally telling me, no, you aren't. No, you don't. Don't lie. Like it felt so untrue. My mind is coming up with all these places where I have lack or I can't afford this thing, or I only have this certain number in my bank account, or I only have this or whatever. All of this lack and scarcity in my life is proof that I'm not abundant. Sometimes when we're imagining what we want, obviously it's different than the life we have, or else we probably wouldn't be manifesting it. I get that, right? But we still have to find a way to feel that way in our current moment. This is how I was able to. I recognize that while this future version of me and the, the kind of abundance that they feel might not be the exact same that I'm feeling in this moment, but I still do have abundance in my life, even if it's different than that. And the mantra that I used is maybe just maybe I am abundant and it will only multiply moving forward. Just because I don't feel it maybe like 100% of the version that I know that I will in the future, like I still am abundant now and I can still claim it. So that's a way for me to be content and to be in a, in a state of already having the thing that I want while I'm allowing the universe to multiply it to me and bring it to me. So I'm not in this waiting energy or this like deep desire and like desperation for abundance because I already have it. To the extent that I do, like I already have it and I know that it will multiply. It is so important to be in a state of gratitude, to be in a state of contentment while you're intentionally connecting with what you want to multiply in your life, which is the things that you're manifesting. So those are some of the um, big topics around manifesting of things that I've learned. It's about matching the vibration and frequency of the version of yourself that you want. It's about how you feel and what that means to you to be in that reality more than it is about like the individual thing. 
Um, shadow work will come up, be in uh, observation and surrender to that because that is, that's the magic. <laughs> that's what's going to help unblock you. Um, of course, there's the practice of being dedicated of like training your body to feel that way. Um, and there's also learning how to be in contentment and in acceptance and in gratitude instead of that desiring and wanting energy. Brett, tell me what you, what you've thought about this so far. My gosh, so many things. I feel like you, you touched on so many important points. Really. Mm -hmm. It's all about like deprogramming ourselves just into like remembering who we truly are. Because once you get to that point, like worthiness, like it's almost off the table because like, you just know you're worthy. So like, I thought even a question of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a huge part of the work. And once you can get there and just realize that like worthy, not worthy, like that's just something we're programmed with. Like we're not born thinking I'm not worthy. Like do you look at a baby and think it's not worthy? Like I heard that somewhere. And I feel like that was like paradigm shifting for me. It's like, you know, when we're babies, we need our parents for survival. So you want to make your parents happy. And like the programming, just continues through school, caregiver, society, all that. So it's really like taking off all that conditioning, which Mm -hmm. is so key. And that is part of the subconscious work. And then the other part is the nervous system work, like believing what we want is safe for us. Cause again, the subconscious, the main role is to keep us safe. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time when we think we're sabotaging ourselves, like our mind is trying to help us. It really thinks like this new thing is dangerous and is like survival based and yep. a big part is that our unconscious is not like adapted for our modern day world. So it puts us in that fight or flight, which was helpful when we were running from lions, not so much when we need to send an email to our audience or show up online, that type of thing, but we still get that same fear response. So with learning to work with that, not even work with the response, but work with the mind to let it know that response, like, is it helpful here? And mm-hmm. we have tools to do that luckily, but I feel like that's like the big key. And then also showing our subconscious and ourselves that what we want is possible. So I feel like those are like the main things we have to believe it's possible. We have to believe it's safe. And then we have to like deprogram all the worthiness. And I feel like then that just opens it up to be in alignment with what we want. And that is manifestation. Okay. So we have to believe that it's safe. We have Mm -hmm. to believe that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And then we have to do that work to kind of release the programming that tells us that we're not worthy or, or whatever. Yeah. I I feel like the worthiness used to be a big piece. And now I'm just like, it's just something that like, we all just kind of have to like, remember who we are. It's just like programs that like, aren't actually serving us, but Mm-hmm. ego thinks it is so it's just keeping us in that but like that's 100%. not we have the ability we have the power and the influence to be able to alter that programming so that we can be acting and moving and feeling in ways that feels alignment with the truth of how magnificent and worthy and divine that we in our true essence and our soul really are to bring it back to this manifesting stuff i entirely agree with you. If you're experiencing blocks um, in any kind of healing and in manifesting, chances are a big thing that we need to attend to is creating that sense of safety in our body so that we can be malleable, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can have access to information that usually our mind and our body would block us from to protect us, right? So it's the things it's protecting us from that are probably the things that we need to change, (laughs) you know? So it's not going to show us those. We're not going to be able to work with those if we're in stress responses. So absolutely create a sense of safety around these new things because that's just what they are. They're new. They're new to your body. We have to show our body that it's safe. I love the thing about we have to think it's possible. Again, I think that's that some of that visualization work or that mantra work that's building new neural pathways because we oh, have some tips about the mantras because our words are so powerful. So there's ways we can work with the subconscious when something's like, like you said, you were saying I'm abundant, but it felt like icky because you're like, clearly I'm not exactly where I want to be. So there's ways we can adjust our words to help get the subconscious more on board to then like put us in that feeling state that we want. Tell us, tell us more about it, please. How can we, how can we help our subconscious mind believe in the possibility of the things that we want? So a big thing is there's, I call it a modifier. So like just using your example, like I'm abundant. If that doesn't feel good right away, you could try adding on like in front of it, like every day in every way I'm abundant where it kind of like makes it more gradual. And then, like you said, you can then acknowledge the abundance around you and like your mind's not going to question it and just kick it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can also just try to make uh, the mantras or affirmations, like things that are more observable based on fact that it can't argue with. So like you said, like acknowledging, like, I love noticing all the abundance around me. Like what's like, that's true. Right. And so yeah. we just looking for how it feels in your body. So if it feels good in your body, then, you know, okay, like that is in alignment for me versus 
If you get that off feeling, that's like a good way to judge. And then you can play with the words to find the right wording. And then there's also tools to get the words that you want to be in alignment. So it's kind of like both, but just like on the daily using like affirmations in your conscious state, you can play around with that. So it can feel better for you. When you task your mind with that, it's, it's called the reticular activating system. So then when your subconscious knows that something's important, it will actually just start bringing things to your attention more. So by saying it, it's, it will, you will start to notice it. So it's like when you're car shopping and whatever car you're looking for, you start to see it all around you because your mind realizes, oh, I think that's important. So by affirming it, it's think, okay, this must be important. And then you're going to start noticing. So it seems like magic, but it's based in science. I was literally just going to say, if there was an argument for like, there's real magic in the world, it's this kind of thing that just like starting to say something or identify it or write it down consciously mm-hmm. is going to signal this huge engine that's running things like 90% of the time to start working in favor of that. Whoa. Exactly. Whoa. No, our mind is our biggest asset. and We're just not taught how to use it, but like, it's like, we're capable of so much. Oh, I love that. So you were talking about visualization, which I want to explain why that works is so again, like I always think of the mind, like an iceberg, right? Like the top five to 10% is the conscious. That's what we can think about. We're having this conversation. We can focus really on mainly one thing at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other 95% subconscious. So the conscious mind can think in the past, the present, the future, but subconscious only works in the now. So when you're thinking about something, it literally does not understand that it's not happening. So that's where it can be harmful oh. when it, and things like that, that don't get processed because anytime it comes up thinks it's happening, about to happen, just happens. Um, But turning it around to manifestation, if we think about the things that we do want and we can get ourselves in that feeling state, it literally cannot tell the difference that it's not happening. So again, the more you can train your mind to be in that state, like you were talking about, just the more it believes that's your reality. And the second most important thing, so first thing is survival, as far as this job goes. The second is to create coherence within your reality to essentially prove you correct. So it's going to want to prove you correct. And again, like bring to your attention what you find important. So it's literally just on autopilot going to be steering you in the direction you want once it's on your side and working with you instead of trying to keep you safe against something that you want that it doesn't understand that is okay for you to have. Whoa. Okay. I had a couple of big brainwaves in this. The concept of future and past does not exist for the subconscious. It thinks anything that's happening is now. I think there's a whole world to tap into in terms of like triggers and healing and past experiences and not to mention anxiety, right? Like there's a lot of like juiciness there. Wow. 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 The other thing that you said that it has two jobs, one to keep us safe and the other to create coherence and basically to help prove that what you're experiencing or that you're feeling is true. Because of course it would send us into a whole existential crisis. If like what we experienced was like deeply different than what we believe. So it's kind of, in in a way it's protecting us even then. Yeah, like what you believe internally is what you experience in the world. Like it's just and your subconscious mind is doing that. Again, (laughs) there's like a lot of books on this about like how when you are expecting to see something, like your mind will literally create like the visual. It's it's really Mm -hmm. crazy stuff. Our mind perception is everything. Wow, which is why what the subconscious work is like actual magic. Um, Got into it. I'm like, I want to create the life that I want. Like, what's going on here? And then it was just. Like, I feel like once you understand it, you can't not know it. And then, yeah, I mean, luckily we have the tools now. I feel like back when I like learned about manifestation and I didn't understand that other piece, I like, like, why isn't this happening? But it makes sense of why you can't get in that feeling state when you have all these beliefs and your nervous system trying to keep you where you are. So mm-hmm. let me just say in my Akashic Records channeling sessions, your keepers, your guides, your soul teams, everybody, like they're trying to help you, especially in the things that are aligned with your soul. So if you're trying to manifest something and your experience blocked them, the Akashic Records is so great specifically at giving you the why about things that are happening on like a soul level, like a subconscious on a pattern level. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of information they want to give. Because that's the kind of thing that helps bring us back into our own self, into our own power, into our own soul, and helps us move in a way that's aligned. An example that came up, I had a client who was saying they're trying to manifest an apartment that they want, right? And they want to know like what's happening, like 
you know, where do they have block? And I was like, okay, tell me what, how you're, how you're manifesting. Tell me what you're doing. And they're like, well, I'm thinking about the apartment that I want and what it looks like and, you know, having people over and like all that kind of stuff. Um, but I like practically speaking, they're in college. They're like, I'm about to finish up this year and I need this apartment for next year. And like the apartment hasn't had, so like, it must not be working. Right. And I was like, okay, let's talk about this for a second. I think the visualization of what the apartment could look like and you walking around it. And I think that's great. Um, I would also go just a little bit deeper. Like, what does it mean to you to be in this space? Does it represent freedom and personal autonomy? Does it represent safety? Does it represent resting? Maybe it's convenience, right? Like whatever the feeling is, you know, connect with the feeling, invoke that when you're visualizing. Um, the other thing I asked them too, was like, what makes you think it's not working? Like, to me, it sounds like you have plenty of time before you actually have to move in. And it's your mind telling you that something's wrong. If you don't have it in the timeline, you want it. Right. But like, that doesn't mean that it's not coming to you. Like realistically, you know, you need to find it before you move in, but make that a part of what you're visualizing that like you are moved in and you're settled before school starts. Right. So as long as you're still in a period where you could find it before school starts, I have no reason to think this manifestation is not working for you. You know, with the whole manifestation, there's all the energetic alignment, subconscious work, but then you actually have to take the action and put that into like the real world. And that's how we bring it in. So once we've released the resistance energetically, subconsciously, we still have to take that action. And it also opens up us up to more of those intuitive nudges, like, oh, yes. maybe I should go check here today or, and just like know that you're doing as much as you can. And then trusting that it's all happening for you. Oh, I love that. Trust that you're doing as much as you can and then do what you can and then trust, right? It's this teetering at, you feel the implications if this manifestation doesn't happen fear is trying to come in thinking that that's going to protect you from the adverse possibilities of bad things happening. I love the whole intuitive connection thing. I think your intuition is your compass, is your guide for your whole life. Let's have one more piece with the, with the fear coming in, because another thing our minds do is your client must be thinking, oh, well, this apartment's super important, right? Like I need to find a place to live, which yes, that is important. But when we make it so important, again, that kicks our survival response in. So depending on what it is, like if they don't find their apartment, are they still going to have a place that they can be like just putting it in the perspective? Like, okay, I want this, but I don't need this to survive. And then you can like take that pressure off too. Like it's not a survival thing. It's, and then you have more access to your intuition, your logic, your reason, yeah. all of that. Yeah. The way I kind of think about it is like, I'm going to find a way to make this work no matter what, you know, like that's kind of like one of the things I'll tell myself is like, it's not like this or nothing. You're going like, to be no. fine. Yes. No you're going to be fine. No matter what, you know, it's just a matter of like getting the maybe ideal situation, but like, it's really going to be fine. No matter what kind of take pressure off it. Off can make you neutral. And then that actually is what allows you to get what you want anyway. Oh, I love that. For our last segment today, we have asked free. Thank you for everybody for submitting your questions. Please remember that you can DM me on Instagram. You can email me at breakthroughs with free at healingwithbree.net, which is in the show description, um, to submit your questions for future episodes. Uh, but Brett, will you please read us our first question of Asprey today? Sure will. As heavy stuff is moving out of my life, I'm feeling a weird energy shift towards about a person I'm not presently in contact with. I'm hearing his name, seeing it on license plates, in books, along with other signs that were meaningful to us when we saw dated each other. What do you think is going on here? I think this is a really good question for this episode, <laughs> talking about like subconsciously being drawn towards things. Is it a confirmation bias? Is it a signal? Is it a sign? Are they the same things? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a good question. The way that I think about it is it could be a couple different things. And really, you're the only one that can reflect and let your intuition tell you which of these things it is. Um, I think that sometimes when we're thinking about a situation or a person, that there might still be something that had happened in that relationship that we haven't fully processed yet. Like there's still meaning, there's still some like meat on the bone there for us. Um, and especially if that lesson is important to something we're trying to do, or maybe a blessing we're asking for or something we're trying to manifest. Again, I believe that like it shows us the things that are related to that. Right. So it could be that your subconscious is, is maybe trying to like signal to you or your soul is trying to signal to you, your guides are trying to signal to you that there's still some work to attend to about that relationship that you have not fully processed. I think that that's one possibility of why we keep thinking about things or something unresolved. I would, I would hesitate before just assuming it's about an external thing 
see what it's in for you first, like see what it's telling you about your own self-work and your own self-healing and things you can attend to. And after you've worked through that and things don't feel so, because I do get a sense that things feel a little charred. Maybe there's a sense of like really desiring or wanting or waiting for something. I get, I get a little bit of a sense off this. Like that's not the energy that our intuition speaks to us about things. Um, so again, I would, I would attend to like what what do you still have to process about this person? Brett, what, do you, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. Like what I first got when I read the question was, I just think that, again, it's like coming up as a trigger to you to process something within you. And then once you're neutral around it, then you can kind of like, you know, see how you feel about it. But I just think it's something that your soul, subconscious, whatever you want to call it, is like bringing forward for you to look at because there's something there for you. When you feel neutral about it, that's exactly the right way to say it. I do not feel like there's a sense that, that you're neutral about it right now. Work towards a state of feeling a little bit more neutral about this person and the possibility of a relationship with them or like whatever. And again, that feeling of feeling content is also a state of neutrality. For today's card pools, I will be using my Affirmators Tarot deck. I think it's by Susie Barrett. I see knockknockstuff.com. Um, but anyway, we're using the classic tarot deck for today's polls. So the card for the first question is the reverse Knight of Swords. Uh, the Knight of Swords upright is when you have a lot of intellectual passion. You have a lot of excitement about ideas in your mind. Ideas are generating excitement for yourself. When any, Whenever anything's reversed, um, by the way, it means that either there's like a block in that area or there's an imbalance in an extreme. Um, in this case, how I would interpret this card is that you're getting carried away with some ideas, with some intellectual mental things. Um, they're maybe a little extreme in causing um, the imbalances that you're experiencing, which comes in line with what Brett and I were talking about with like, if you're feeling like a, a strong desire for something that it's, uh, that there's like a confirmation bias happening. Um, and that maybe there's some self-work to do to like become a little bit more neutral, even mentally about this situation. That is what the cards, the guides have for you about your question. So Brett, will you read us question two for today? Yes, you got it. If you know that a certain situation is no longer serving you, or you don't feel you're at your highest potential yet and better is to come, what are some good mindset tools or suggestions until the time is right for you to progress to the next stage of your life? Specifically for my career, I need to be at a I need to be at my job for a while longer to gain experience. I somewhat recently finished graduate school. However, I'm quickly feeling burned out and having a hard time being patient with my clients. I hate that I'm being watched by corporate employees and the stupid career ladder we need to climb in order to feel some sort of accomplishment. I know I'm on my own practice one day, but I also know I'm just not ready for that yet. This is real, man. This is like real life, this question. And I also think it's perfect for this concept of manifesting and like matching the frequency of things that we want. The first thing that's coming up for me, things being shown to us that don't work for us, that don't vibe with us are just as important, are just as useful as things being shown to us that are right for us, right? Um, and what I'm talking about here is this, this frustration that you describe about this like corporate way of doing things. It doesn't align with you. It sounds like it's not like connected to something that feels purposeful to you. Like you don't buy into why that's the only way you can feel accomplished about something. I think that that's a really important lesson. And it sounds like you could even go a little bit deeper with that. Um, I experienced this in my corporate jobs myself. And what I did is I took that as an opportunity to say, okay, if this, it does not feel meaningful to me, what would feel meaningful to me? What about this would make me feel good if it's not the, the formula that they're giving me, right? So there might be an opportunity, not only for this situation to show you what's not working for you, but for you to build your own version of what does work for you. And the only other thing that I would say before I hand it over to Brett is I would just be careful around some of the language of saying you aren't there. One of the best things I learned is don't use negative language when you're saying mantras or stuff like, I'm so happy I don't feel anxious, right? Like instead say, I'm so happy I feel peace, right? Like always use the positive language of things. That's like a really powerful signal to the brain and to the, to the universe and extension. Um, so even you saying like, I'm not at my highest potential yet, I feel like there might be a different way to word that, that again, allows you to tap into that now, even if it's going, you know, it's going to evolve, if that makes sense. Brett, tell me your thoughts about this. I feel like this is kind of in your real house. I think that was good. You can just maybe reframe the language. Like I'm work, like I'm getting there. I'm getting ready for the next move and like reframing where you are now, as you putting all that into place, 
So that way you can almost be excited for where you are and appreciate it because you know it's getting you to your next level and you're able to kind of do that inner work to get yourself there and you're on your you're on the path you're already doing it right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like there's a certain amount and I I deeply relate to this. I just want to say, but I do feel like there's a certain amount of this that feels like um you wish you weren't here and that you could just be there. Uh and I get that. I get it because you want so badly the future thing and where you're at right now feels so uncomfortable. But if there really is no action that you can take to change your situation, um, and it really is a season where you have to be there, then there's something in that season that's meant for you if you're willing to tap into it. So finding a way to feel grateful for the things that the situation is giving you that will support what's coming for you is a really, really important thing to tap into. Wow. Okay. So for question two, the tarot card is the eight of pentacles. I don't know why I said pentacles in one of my last episodes. Like, why did I say it like that? I've never said it like that in my life. It's the pentacles, eight of pentacles. Um, the meaning for this card is wild. Um, I have a little book that I can reference about the meanings and I'm feeling called to just read it exactly because the way that it relates exactly to this question is incredible. The eight of pentacles signifies hard work. The figure in the eight of pentacles is working with their nose to the grindstone, hammering out pentacles, literally making money. Like an apprentice, uh, you are focusing on the task at hand, trusting that in doing this work, you are laying the groundwork for your future. Due to your work now, you will ultimately be able to make big moves and attain more stability and spaciousness in your life. You work skillfully and you are working your way towards the ease and luxury of the nine of pentacles. The way that that relates to your question. Um, wow. I'm a little bit like in awe of it. I love pulling tarot for this reason. It puts me in this like state of awe. Like I can't believe how perfectly that addresses that. Um, but this definitely tells me that that last thing we talked about, about finding a way to be grateful for what this situation is giving you um, as it helps you work towards this future where you're not in this corporate thing, maybe you're practicing more holistically or whatever it is, um, is the key to helping you put in the work that is going to open up all of these opportunities for you. There is a way for you to say, I don't like this. This doesn't work for me. I'm not going to subscribe to it, but I can still recognize that this is teaching and showing me something. And for that, I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for this chapter in this moment that is preparing me for everything that's coming. And I surrender to whatever this moment is teaching me, knowing it's going to support my highest and best good. And that is it for episode three of Healing with Brie. I want to thank Brett for coming on. Brett, you're just the best. Um, can you tell us where we can find you, how we can work with you, all the good stuff? Well, thank you for having me. I think you're the best person. So oh. you can find me. I would say the main space I'm at is over on Instagram. So at Brett Sorrell RD. And then I also have a website, brettsorrell.com. So I'd say those are the two main places that you can find me. Okay, and cool. I'll have an exciting offer for anyone who listens. So if you hop on my email list and you decide you want to book a 90 minute intensive with me, which is basically where we focus on one specific issue and like clear all the blocks around that. So you release that resistance and can get forward on the path that you want based on the goal that you want to manifest. Um, just mention that you heard the podcast and you'll get 25% off of that. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Uh, I'll put the uh, links to her Instagram, to her website, uh, maybe even to this particular intensive um, and a note about mentioning hearing it on Breakthroughs with Brie in the show description. She'll be able, so you'll be able to see that. So if you do feel drawn towards hypnotherapy or you look at her stuff and you, it resonates with you, that can be a signal that maybe you guys are meant to work together. So check that out for sure. Um, if you want to uh, follow along with me, I'm at Healing with Brie on Instagram healing with free with periods between each word on TikTok. Um, please email any questions for ask free to breakthroughs with free at healingwithfree.net. All of that information is in the description as well. And as you know, if you want to work with me, if Akashic Records resonates for you, if birth chart consultations resonate with you, if energy healing, res energy healing resonates with you, um, I do one-on-one -on -one virtual sessions that you can book with me on my website, healingwithfree.net. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. And I will see you next Monday for more breakthroughs. Bye.